T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk hockey with the guys in the know. It's the Panthers Insider Show, right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. It is indeed the Florida Panthers Insider Show. Chris Whittingham and Doug Plagans taking you through the week that was and looking ahead to the week that will be for the Florida Panthers as they put together a pretty productive week. A couple of victories against the Washington Capitals and the Calgary Flames on Thursday night. Coming up tomorrow night, it is the Florida Panthers taking on the Montreal Canadiens. Another week full of home games. Tomorrow night against Montreal, Tuesday night against Buffalo, Thursday against Carolina, and Saturday against the Los Angeles Kings. So plenty to get to here on the program. Welcome in, Doug Plagans. Thanks very much. Good morning to everybody out there. And uh, you mentioned some of the upcoming schedule. They're always entertaining when the Panthers and the Canadians hit the ice against each other. That's going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in the BB&T Center. Center. Always is, and the Panthers will be the uh, slightly more rested team going into that hockey game. Buffalo on Tuesday, Carolina Thursday. Those are three teams to start the week coming into the BB&T Center, all with a ton on the line, just like the Panthers going into these games. So those are going to be some entertaining ones, no doubt about that. And the Panthers wrap up this long homestand a week from tonight against the LA Kings. And note that is going to be a 5 p.m. puck drop for that game uh, a week from tonight. Nine. 54835 puck ticketmaster.com is always to get your tickets folks if you want a chance to win a 2019 Ford Explorer and other amazing prizes while helping raise funds for the South Florida community well the Panthers Foundation is excited to announce the Cats Car Raffle from now until March 1st go to floridapanthers.com/payitforward to enter to win don't miss out on this once in a lifetime opportunity but Chris we've got a ton planned here for the hour a busy hour coming up here on the Panthers Insider show yes indeed we have a look back on the week that was to play the highlights of all the goals we'll hear from the Florida Panthers head coach Bob Bugner as they get ready to prepare for tomorrow's game against Montreal then we'll hear a cut from the most recent episode of Territory Talk the podcast that you co-host with Jamison Alves you guys had the chance to sit down with Jamie McGinn and then you had an opportunity as well to speak with Panthers defenseman Josh Brown that's coming up and then we'll close by being joined by the newly hired vice president and director of athletics Brian White from FAU, who is a great partner of the Florida Panthers, so a ton to get to, but we should start with the week in review. Panthers playing four games in the last week. It started last Saturday night, since we last spoke to you here on Panthers Insider. It was the Panthers away to the Washington Capitals in the first period. It was less than a minute it would take for the Panthers to take a 2-0 lead from the 12.55 mark. It be Frank Vetrano first to light the lamp. Troy Brower down to the end boards, picked up there by Vetrano, has it in the trapezoid far side. It's Broussard to the center of the blue line. Ekblad near side. Trocek top of the circle. Trocek in front and they score! Frank Vetrano a power play goal and the Panthers have taken a 1-0 lead. It was put out in front. It took a bounce. Vetrano got to it first and he is able to cash in. His 18th of the year from Vincent Trocek and Aaron Ekblad but it would take only 35 seconds before the Panthers can make it 2-0. Washington zone with 6.38 to go in the first period. Puck played up the near wall. Ekblad held it in down to the far corner. Malgin 
Out to the line, Yandel. Long shot, tipped, and they score! Off the post and in, the Panthers have a 2-0 lead with six and a half minutes to go in the first. That one took a deflection on the way in. And it's Keith Yandel's eighth of the year from Dennis Mulgan and Riley Sheehan. Now, from there, Washington would do everything they can to climb their way back into the game. Panthers would have a two-goal lead three different times in this one. First, Brett Connolly would make it 2-1, his 11th of the year from Andre Burkowski and Christian Juice. And then Colton Sevier would make it 3-1 again. Into the neutral zone, into the offensive end. His here down to our left for the Panthers. He'll take it down behind the net, over to the far side. Shea in there, had it poked off his stick, held it at the far point. Long shot, tip, they score! Aaron Ekblad put it to the net. That one took a deflection on the way, and the Panthers have a 3-1 lead. And again, a two-goal lead in the game. But again, the response just before the end of the second period from Lars Eller of Washington, his seventh of the year. And then in the third, basically, again, only about a minute's worth of play in between, Derek Broussard will make it 4-2. Start of the period, in come the Panthers, and Derek Broussard scores seven seconds into period number three. The Panthers dart in quickly. Derek Broussard heads in. He scores his first goal as a Panther, and it's 4-2, seven seconds into the third. Catching us all off guard and scoring at seven seconds into the period, Derek Broussard, but Brett Connolly would make it 4-3. Evgeny Kuznetsov would make it 4-4. Finally, Washington overturning that two-goal lead. We would go into overtime, but the Panthers would start the overtime on the power play and take advantage. Barkov over to Yandel in overtime here. Yandel, top of the near circle. One-timer Barkov shot block. Yandel in front, and they score! The overtime winner! And the Panthers win at 5-4 in overtime. A 5-4 win for the Panthers, a power play goal in overtime, and Mike Hoffman got a stick on that one, deposits it home for his 25th of the year, and the overtime winner here in Washington. And Brett Connolly taking that two-minute penalty for slashing, and the Panthers make him pay. And the uh, Panthers in that game, of course, just continued to stick to it all night. And you, you had the feeling as that game went on, Washington was able to get some chances. They uh, were able to force it into overtime. But the Panthers really kept the foot on the gas the whole time. And, and again, even though Washington was able to get that game tied up, you had the feeling the Panthers were going to be the team that one way or another was going to find a way to get the two points. They always play the Washington Capitals tough, and they got the uh, big overtime overtime win in that one and Mike Hoffman has been so reliable all season yep. and uh, and that was just a, a great goal for the overtime winner. You mentioned in the commentary 25th of the year for Mike Hoffman then on two excuse me on the next night on a back-to-back it would be the Florida Panthers entertaining the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nikita Kucherov came into the game not scoring a goal in 10 he then opened the scoring and had two goals on the night. Steven Stamkos, Ryan Callahan and Braden Point with his 32nd goal of the year with the Tampa Bay scoring. Florida responding with Frank Vetrano's 19th and Dennis Mulligan's 6th and the Panthers dropped that one by 5 goals to 2 and then on Tuesday night Panthers were shut out at the BB&T Center Tyler Sagan, Asa Lindell and Tyler Sagan with his second of the night to make it 3 nothing to Dallas. But then on Thursday night, it'd be the Florida Panthers entertaining the Calgary Flames who'd have a scoreless first before Evgeny Dadnov would open the scoring 35 minutes into the game. As the Panthers pressure in the offensive end, Mark Pesic a shot that deflects off to the far side. Mark Pesic out to the line. Keith Yandel drives it down behind the net. And then Hoffman over to that far corner. He's got it out to the far circle, out to the high slot. Hoffman left it for Pesic, straight on, backs up, long shot. It's tipped, they score. The Panthers have struck first. 
Evgeny Dadnov's 20th of the year for Mark Pesic and Mike Hoffman and the Panthers go into the third period leading 1-0 but Mark Janowski responding with the equalizing goal six minutes into the third before the Panthers had regained their lead. Face off, far side of the ice. Panthers having the offensive end down to our left. Yandel at the line, far boards for Hoffman. Cuts in, wrist shot, top shelf, he scores! Mike Hoffman upstairs with a laser beam and the Panthers are back in front. With eight minutes to play in the game, Mike Hoffman's 26th of the year. An impressive season for the acquisition from Ottawa. Keith Yandel, Vincent Trocek with the assist on that goal. Panthers 2-1 leaders with eight minutes to play, but Calgary would not be done. Elias Lindholm with his 25th of the year to tie the game at two. Heading into overtime, there would not be any goals in the three-on-three -three overtime. It would go to a shootout. Calgary would open the scoring in the shootout with Sean Monahan, but the Panthers with a terrific shootout performance. First from Alexander Barkov to make it 1-1 and then the winner from Vincent Trocek. It's going to bring it off to the near side. Trocek through the left circle cuts in front. Top shelf he scores! Vincent Trocek has given the Panthers the lead here in the shootout. That would prove to be the winning goal in the shootout. Panthers win it by three goals to two over the Calgary Flames. Barkov and Trocek both went top shelf during the shootout to beat Mike Smith, who was brilliant in that overtime period. The Panthers had a ton of chances in the three-on-three -three, uh, session, but weren't able to get the two points there. They got it done in the shootout, so a big win over a very good Calgary Flames team that's been up near the top of the Western Conference all season long. So that win right there kind of paves the way for what lies ahead for the Panthers here over the course of the next week. And yesterday after after uh, practice, Bob Bugner had this to say about the message for the upcoming week. Well, my message today was obviously Sunday is an important game. We want to keep this thing going. we got a day of rest tomorrow. Uh, but if you look next week at our schedule, and uh, we haven't done a very good job of, of uh, you know, middle pack teams, I'll call it, uh, um, you know, having success in those kind of games. We sort of let our guard down a little bit. Um, and when we play the real high-end teams, who seems to bring the best out of us. And if you see our wins in the last three weeks, going back to before the break, uh, you know, the, the Torontos and the San Jose's and, you know, after the break and hitting Vegas and, and Pittsburgh and, and a game in Washington, last night against Calgary, those are all tough, tough games. Um, you know, some other games that we haven't been good and we should, uh, um, you know, treat those the same. So talked about next week. This, we're playing a lot of teams in the middle of the pack. And uh, our mentality's got to be uh, just have a good, good game on Sunday and, and, and try and have a successful week next week. So Panthers head coach Bob Bugner right there talking about the message for the upcoming week. Again, the Panthers coming up this week at home. You've got tomorrow night, 7 p.m. against Montreal. Tuesday, 7 p.m. against Buffalo. Thursday, the Carolina Hurricanes come in for a 7 o'clock face-off. A week from tonight, the Panthers entertain the LA Kings. That's going to be a 5 o'clock puck drop a week from tonight at the BB&T Center, 954-835-PUCK, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com for all your tickets. More from Bob Bugner, though. You look at that game against Calgary. The Panthers won it 3-2 in a shootout, and the penalty kill, uh, as has been the case lately, has been uh, was was outstanding in that game. It went 4-4, four for four, the Panthers did, on, their, uh, on the penalty kill. That was uh, a big reason the Panthers were able to come away with the two points back on Thursday. The penalty kill has been very reliable here, and here's Bob Bugner talking about the penalty kill success coming off that game on Thursday night. Earlier on in the season, we changed uh, um, our, our PK4 check in the neutral zone, so we, we make it a lot harder to enter our zone. I think that's probably number one. Um, you know, having Troach back obviously uh, uh, helps in the face-off circle, um, winning our fair share of draws. But I think we just changed our mindset. We sat back too much uh, uh, originally in the beginning of the year, and I think we're a more aggressive penalty kill now. So I think the, 
um, that's probably the biggest difference is the mentality when we're out there. It's more straight lines. It's uh, um, you know winning more battles. Obviously, with those guys out earlier in the year and Barky, how much he played, and and uh, you know I think uh, Brownie's really helped on the penalty kill as a young guy blocking shots. Um, but Melky's got speed, and, and you know the guys that aren't necessarily the first unit power play guys have to you know help out um, not only with their depth five and five, but they got to help out on special teams as well. So it's good to see um, you, you know guys like that coming up big on the kill for us. Panthers head coach Bob Bugner right there talking about the penalty kill success lately and was able to catch up yesterday after practice as well with a couple of guys who've been key parts of this Panthers penalty kill. First, here is Riley Sheehan, newly acquired by the Panthers. He talks about the success of the penalty kill against Calgary on Thursday night. Yeah, I think it was, it was huge. Uh, I forget how many we took, I think four in, in a row kind of. So um, for our PK to get the job done and create some momentum, it definitely helps. And, um I think the guys in the, in the PK units look forward to going out there and, and knowing we can build some momentum and help our team win, so it's fun. It's fun when you can kind of go non-stop pressure, and I think the goal of our, our unit is to just sort of keep skating and, and keep pressure on the puck, so I think we've been doing a good job at that. Riley Shea into the Panthers right there talking about some of the keys lately on the penalty kill. And Mike Matheson, one of the Panthers defensemen, comments on the penalty kill as well and also talks about some of the keys to it. Well, it's really big. We, uh, I thought we did a really good job of, of shutting down their power play. They, they obviously have a, a lot of firepower on it and have a, had a lot of success this year on it. So um, I think we've, we've been building a lot of confidence through our PK and through our power play this year. And um, it, it was nice that it, it was able to keep us in the game last night. It's probably the, the thing that I try to focus on the most. And, um, it, it gives me a lot of confidence too, um, going out there and, and being relied upon for that. Um, and uh, I think it's helped me gain gain a lot of confidence through the rest of the, my game too. I think that's the biggest difference that we've made, and and it makes it so much harder on the power plays um, when you are aggressive. You know, it, there's such good players in the league, and if you give them time, they're going to see you. They're going to make passes and. And, and make plays because that's what they're good at and and you can see it when our power play is doing that too you know when we play a, a, a passive pk um our guys are able to kind of go tic-tac-toe and, and uh, set up a nice goal whereas when they're being aggressive against us it's a lot harder and um and so that's what we try to accomplish in the pk so Mike Matheson of the Panthers right there talking about some of what's led to the Panthers having this penalty kill success lately. Four for four, mentioned it in that game against Calgary that the Panthers won in a shootout back on Thursday. And no easy task there considering some of the offensive weapons that the Calgary Flames bring to the table. But that's kind of been part of the, the key lately for the Panthers. It wasn't just the game against Calgary, even you know going back before that, just uh, you know recent, uh, recent weeks. And really, over the course of most of the season, that penalty kill unit's been so reliable. And especially when you look at some of the teams the Panthers have matched Mm-hmm. up against lately and, and some of the, the big-time offensive talent that the opposition's brought in lately, and the Panthers have been able to keep those opposing power plays in check. So uh, great work by the penalty kill, and that's been a, a big part of the Panthers' success. And with all these home games coming up at the BB&T Center over the course of the next week, I know Chris and I are excited about this. We want to talk about the three new culinary experiences oh, of the BB&T Center concession stands. Come out to a Panthers home game for a new taste of the BB&T Center, including a brunch option, smells like brunch, a classic chicken option, chicken 
it out. Located Section 105 and a more spicy option. Taco about it. Located in Section 129 and 307. For more information, go to FloridaPanthers.com slash concessions. I know you and I have had a chance to sample some of the new offerings. I know we had, a, we had a private tasting event uh, not too long ago. Got to see what a lot of it was all about. And I'll tell you what, there are so many good options. You're going to enjoy it next time you come out to the BB&T Center. And you have, well, it just so happens, uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, four times this week, you could not only come out and watch some Panthers hockey, but come out and check out some of these new food offerings as well. I know you've had some of it too, Chris. Yes, indeed. I was at the uh, I was at the game on Tuesday. I was not working on the radio broadcast just as a fan and uh, walking around the concourse. It's like you don't even know where to begin with the bevy of options uh, that are now available at the BB&T Center. So uh, go and check that out at the arena. Again, you got four games this week to check out for the Florida Panthers. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Go out to the BB&T Center and go on an empty stomach so you can have a nice time and sample uh, the various food offerings. Uh, by the way, just a quick stat uh, to back up uh, your your penalty kill numbers. So uh, since the start of January, the Florida Panthers have been the second best penalty kill in the league by percentage. Only Columbus better. They've been killing off 97% of, of their penalties. That's an incredible statistic. But the Panthers second at 90.5%. So nine out of every 10 penalties they are killing off since the start of December. They've been third best in the league. So every way you look at it, the Panthers have been excellent in that category. And the Panthers uh, have been a very disciplined team throughout, not having to rely on that penalty kill too much. But when they've uh, when they've been in a situation where they've taken a penalty, it's uh, just uh, good to mm-hmm. know that you have the the penalty killing prowess going right now. The Panthers are able to get past those situations, and that was a, again a big reason why they picked up the two points on Thursday. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. You look at since the start of December, they're fourth best in the power play and third best on the penalty kill, and those are those are two massive areas if you're going to try and win some hockey games. So definitely an opportunity for the Panthers this week with a bunch of home games. But coming up next, we have a couple of interviews we want to bring to you. We have first, Jamie McGinn had the chance to sit down with Doug and Jamison Olive on the Florida Panthers podcast, Territory Talk, and also Doug sat down one-on-one with Panthers defenseman Josh Brown. That's coming up next on the Florida Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Radio.com Welcome back to the Panthers Insider Show, right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. This is the Florida Panthers Insider Show. Chris Whittingham, Doug Plagans, bringing you through everything that happened in the last week and looking forward to the next week with the Florida Panthers picking up a couple of victories in the week against Washington and against Calgary back in action tomorrow night taking on the Montreal Canadiens a slew of home games this week Montreal Buffalo Carolina and LA tomorrow Tuesday Thursday and Saturday so plenty to check out at the BB&T Center every other night starting tomorrow 954-835-PUCK FloridaPanthers.com Ticketmaster.com for tickets and folks you can join the Florida Panthers Foundation the Pucks and Pints Beer Fest presented by Funk Funky Buddha Brewery on March 10th. Sample beer from several breweries. Listen to live music and watch the Cats defend home ice against the Red Wings that night at the BB&T Center. A portion of the proceeds benefit the Panthers Foundation. Must be 21 or older. For ticket packages, go to FloridaPanthers.com. If you haven't checked out Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, we urge you to do so. We did the 50th episode this week. It's a little bit of a milestone. Jameson Olive and I co-host that. And, uh, of course, 
you can find it at floridapanthers.com slash territory talk itunes google play soundcloud spotify anybody that anywhere that you uh, find your favorite podcast and this week we had a chance to sit down with jamie mcginn and it was just a, a great conversation we talked for about uh, i'd say it was about 19 20 minutes in all but we have a little excerpt from that segment right here from the conversation with uh, with jamie mcginn and well here is uh, jamie mcginn beginning by talking about his hockey family as he's got a couple of brothers who played in the National Hockey League as well. I think we started, you know, being Canadian, first of all. Um, <laughs> it's a prerequisite. Yeah, you got you to gotta have hockey somewhere along the line there. And we just enjoyed, you know, growing up watching hockey. We had a hockey, hockey rink in the backyard, you know, with those harsh winters and everything. It gets cold. Um, my dad was a lacrosse player and a hockey player growing up, and my mom was a figure skater. So we kind of had, you know, the athletic um, – gene in the in the uh, family and and they pushed you know just being active as kids you know road hockey any any way to be active so we all played lacrosse we all played hockey growing up and the best part was in the summertime when you go home you get to compete with each other you get to train with each other so we're a very close family and we try and make each other better and you know we're so grateful for it and we appreciate the summers even more just because we're all gone in the winter time and then you know I think my mom loves it the most that when we come back we're all on the same road on the lake we all have our own place but we drive by each other we train together in the summer and you know we try and have a family dinner at least once a week and but I mean other than the family dinner we see each other all the time so it's just we enjoy each other we enjoy every moment and and that's what family is all about what did that that competition had to fuel you guys from a pretty young age I'm sure it wasn't just on that outdoor rink I'm (laughs) sure there was you know between you and your your brothers I mean you guys probably could have been playing uh, Monopoly or something and I'm sure the competition the the competitiveness just yeah I'm sure it was off the charts it didn't matter and then you know my mom had to calm us down all the time and she thought the fights were serious but it was (laughs) just the competitive nature in us and I, I think it started in the backyard ring. I think Ty took most of it. He was the biggest kid. He was the middle child. So I think myself and Brock kind of teamed up on him. But there was lots of hits, and we used snow banks as the boards on the side, and there was a lot of body <laughs> checks there. And you have the cage, so all the snow would stick in your cage, and then you have the <laughs> panic mode where you can't breathe and everything. So there was, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, we had the whole the whole community or in the neighborhood. All the kids would come over and play hockey. And so we had a, we had a tight neighborhood, and we, you know, Ty – had a bunch of his buddies in his wedding party. I have mine coming up this summer. So we've all stayed close with the same friends. And, you know, it started at a young age. And it, it's awesome coming from a small town just to, to stay in touch with those guys. Do you think you made it easier on your brothers a little bit just in the sense that you went through all this first uh, as the oldest? You were drafted first. You went, you know, went, went into the NHL first. Did, you kind of, you, did they use you a little bit as a resource going through Yeah, that? but they both work very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can only control what I do and control my work ethic and and try and show them what to do but I got to give them credit they work very hard in the summertime they want to prove you know having an older brother that's made it you know there's a lot of critics out there that they've only made it just because who their older brother is but they work their butt off and and, you know they they're out there to prove people wrong you know Ty's got his own skill he's he's big he's physical he's got great hands you know he sees the ice probably the best out of all three of us and Brock's a fantastic skater who's got a great shot and and great you know he can pass he he can do it all you know I think he's just an all-around player so I I tried to help out in any situation you know we all go through ups and downs and I've been through a lot so you know, after every game, I think we, we text each other. We're on the phone, and, you know, it's, we're on the phone a lot because there <laughs> seems to be games every night now. But, um, 
yeah, I think I've been through a lot of situations where I can help out and, and guide them in the right direction. What's it? Uh, what was it like? I know last year I remember going to Carolina, and it was the first time that you and Brock had played against each other mm-hmm. at the at the NHL level. What's it? What's it been like when there's you know one of you on each side, and what does that do to your parents? How do they? <laughs> uh, you know how do they? Uh, how do they root for you guys? Yeah. How does that work? I mean, they they've been in the stands a couple times for it, and I remember when I played Ty, I was in Colorado, he was in San Jose. I flew out my parents and my grandparents, so. Um, you know, I think they interviewed him during the game. They said it's very nerve-wracking. Uh, when one's on the ice, they're cheering for that team. When the other one's on the ice, they're cheering for that team. But they really struggle when both of us are on the ice at the same time. They say they just don't want one to get the minus, you know, because so, <laughs> that's so crucial. But um, I'm looking forward to Brock coming this year again. I think they have their father's trip. So uh, my dad will be in town with Brock and Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll cut the jersey in half and you can wear both. I don't know, but because I know on the father's trips they hand out, um, you know, the player's jersey and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be a very special moment for my dad again, um, and to come here and, and share it in this building is going to be pretty special. As you talk well. about jerseys. How much memorabilia is there at your parents' household with three <laughs> hockey players? Did, did you guys like fight to see who has the most like on the walls oh, and stuff? And... I, I don't know if we fight about that. Uh, I'll tell a quick story. One of the, the cool things that we've done growing up, my grandfather has started, a, he, he builds birdhouses. And ironically enough, he's built birdhouses for our cottages, which is, you know, yeah, uh, yeah as long as you guys know what that is. Some people <laughs> don't. Uh, they call them camps or whatever. But so he's built these birdhouses that have every team that we've played for growing up um you know, mine's starting to get pretty big and Ty's is starting to get pretty big too and I don't know if he can keep up but it's kind of a cool thing just to have in the backyard and kind of remind yourself where you've been um so but yeah there's a lot of jerseys there's a lot of golf shirts and and track suits and stuff like that around the house but I, I try and keep a lot of things um you know in my weight room I have a whole rack of sticks with guys I've played with that, you know, signed and personalized to me. And, uh, you, you know, because you think about it, I, I feel like I just got in the league yesterday and it, and 11 years has gone by. So you, you try and enjoy every moment. You appreciate you appreciate the NHL, first of all, and you appreciate who you've been with. I, I learned a lot with guys uh, growing up. You know, I, I sat beside Rob Blake on the plane. You know, my first roommate on the road was Joe Thornton. You know, having Jeremy Roenick around the room. It, it, I mean, it was surreal. You look up to these guys growing up, and you just want to be like them. And then to be playing with them, you know, you just take out in as much information as you can. Great stuff there from Jamie McGinn of the Panthers, and you can check out the whole episode of Territory Talk featuring Jamie McGinn on floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. And again, big thanks, everybody, if you've been tuning in since the first episode or if uh, you just joined us for this 50th episode that uh, that we did back on Wednesday. You can expect new episodes of Territory Talk each and every Wednesday. So be sure to check that one out. Big thanks to Jamie McGinn for sitting down with Jameson and I for that one. And yesterday had a chance to... Uh, Oh, and by the way, I should mention that with the Carolina Hurricanes coming to the BB&T Center on Thursday, there's a possibility we could get uh, the McGinn versus McGinn matchup coming up on Thursday night since uh, Brock McGinn is a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's something to uh, look forward to for later in the week. Had a chance yesterday to catch up with uh, Panthers defenseman Josh Brown. And the first thing we talked about, well, was the big win on Thursday night over Calgary. 
Yeah, I know that was definitely uh, pretty big. You know, we lost a couple, and uh, we wanted to kind of make a statement that uh, I guess enough was enough. Um, but yeah, they're a very skilled team. Uh, I think we just got the job done. I think we were really good on the forecheck. Uh, I think we limited their zone time in the D zone too, which is crucial against a team like that. So uh, yeah, it was definitely a big win for us. And the, the penalty kill had a, a huge hand in that. Just talk about the success you guys have had in that part of the game, and and how much fun it is for for you to uh, have taken on a big role with that. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. Um, I love playing. Uh, I'm glad that they have some trust in me to put me out there with uh, Mark. So uh, he's a great penalty killer as well. So, yeah, but the, the system's been great uh, these last couple of games. I think it's been a big part of our game, big part of our success when we do win games. Um, and, yeah, at the end there, obviously, that was pretty big, having to kill some of those off. Um, yeah, we got the job done. It was a great job by the guys. And just defending in general, I mean, going up against Calgary, they obviously have some some high-octane offensive players. And on this recent stretch, you guys have seen some of the league's best. And you and I talked about this a little bit during one of the games recently. But just being able to match up against some of these guys that, uh, you know, that have been, you know, some of the, the top offensive players in the league for the last number of years. I mean, how big is it? A, you know, how fun is that, that challenge to have each and every night? Yeah, you know, it's definitely very fun. Um, obviously, like you said, you know, I've basically the last couple of years I'm watching these guys on TV all the time. I know how skilled they are and how good they are. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a fun little challenge for me to try and uh, put myself up against the best players and uh, and see what happens. So, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of fun. And you mentioned, uh, you know, playing with Mark Pesca on the on the penalty kill and you guys on the on the defensive side of things, you have some some guys who uh, have accumulated a lot of experience at a young age. Just how much when you come into practice are you able to absorb from from looking at the, the guys around you and, and looking at, you know, for example, a guy like Keith Yandel, who's who's been uh, been doing it at a very high level for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I think that's just the key to uh, absorb as much as you can. So, you know, I try and be a sponge out there uh, uh, in practice, just watching those guys, the little things that they do day in and day out to get better. Um, definitely can just pick up on a couple of things or just picking their brains, you know, asking questions about the systems, what what they see out there and stuff like that. So it's definitely, uh, yeah, you know, playing with some of these guys, especially Keith, like you said, he's one of the best defensemen in the league, I think, and he's been doing it at a very high level for a very long time, like you said as well. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely been uh, pretty cool for me and been a lot of fun. And for you to be able to have this experience with some familiar faces, some guys that you've spent a lot of time with uh, in Springfield, looking at, uh, you know, guys like like Jace Howerluck, who you played with down there a lot, or, or Henrik Borgstrom this season, just to be able to share this experience with them, has that been something special too? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think uh, created a bomb with some of those guys, you know, especially uh, Ian uh, down there as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it also just helps to have some familiar faces. Uh, when I first came up, you know, um, not everyone was kind of new friends or everything. So it's kind of nice to have those guys around as well. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of fun uh, playing with those guys up here. And with the familiarity, I mean, you've been through, uh, you know, you've been through a couple of the camps, the development camps, things like that. Did, did all those experiences kind of add up to to really uh, help you know a little bit more about what to expect once this time came? Definitely, I think. Um, you know, just with all that stuff, even just meeting just everyone from the equipment staff to the trainers to just having all that familiarity. You know, everyone knows me just because I've been around at these camps for a long time too. So I think all that just attributes to uh, an easier transition for me, for sure. And you just kind of kind of look ahead here. I mean, uh, what kind of things do you do you hope to accomplish from a team and individual perspective through the rest of the year? Um, individually, just keep going. Um, you know, just kind of keep keep uh, working night in, night out. So that hopefully, they have more and more trust in me and. Uh, if my minutes go up from there, great. If not, uh, I'm happy in the role that I have here, obviously being up and just killing some penalties when they call my name. But um, And as far as the team goes, you know, we just got to keep going. Um, you know, this thing's not over yet. We just got to keep grinding and see what's going to happen. Um, 
I just think it starts, yeah, game in, game out, just being ready at puck drop, and, uh, you know, we just got to see what happens. And uh, another thing I want to ask you about, Hockey World, obviously, a small world, and you see familiar faces, maybe former teammates popping up around, uh, you know, different places, whether it was in the American League and the National Hockey League. Played against Anthony Sorelli, for for example, uh, when he was, uh, you know, when you guys played Tampa not too long ago. But to be able to see other guys that you played with throughout the years be able to, uh, you know, accomplish big things, is that something that's that's fun for you too? Yeah, definitely. Um, exactly like you said. It's awesome seeing their their uh, success and and uh, I love the fact that I used to play with them and all that, especially a guy like Sorelli, like you said, you know, he has uh, quite the underdog story and, and he basically won the Memorial Cup for my team. So, uh, you know, I love that guy. He's one of my favorite teammates and uh, yeah, I love seeing the success that he's had and uh, I got to catch up with him after that game. So it's always great seeing him too. And, and last thing, just looking ahead here, you guys have a lot of home games coming up here over the next week. Do you like getting into this groove, groove where it kind of feels like you're, you're playing every other day really uh, at this point? It's on. It's been a bit of an adjustment uh, for me, just being in the uh, Eastern Conference of the AHL most of my career. You know, we kind of have that full week off and then a three and three weekend kind of thing. But, but I do honestly kind of like it. You know, it's just uh, we just get to kind of, yeah, just have one day off or have a practice and then right back at it, which is kind of fun. So you know, I have a whole week to dwell on it if you had a loss or something like that. So, you know, it's just another new day. Sun comes up and uh, back to work. So yeah, it's definitely been. I like it a lot. Great to catch up with Josh Brown, one of the newest Panthers and a guy who's really made his mark there on the back end. He's contributed really nicely on the penalty kill as well. You heard him talking about that. So great to catch up with young Panthers defenseman Josh Brown right there. And Chris, we've got more to come here on the Panthers Insider Show. Yes, indeed. Coming up next, we have the newly hired vice president and director of athletics at FAU, Brian White, joining the show here on the Florida Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Radio.com. Welcome back to the Panthers Insider Show, right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Chris Whittingham and Doug Plagans looking back on the week that was, looking ahead of the week that will be for the Florida Panthers, picking up a couple of victories in the week over Washington and Calgary. Tomorrow night, back on home ice, taking on the Montreal Canadiens for home games on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for your Panthers. Big stretch coming up for the Panthers here on home ice. A lot of chances to see the Panthers at home again tomorrow night at 7 against Montreal, Tuesday at 7 against Buffalo, Thursday at 7 against Carolina. A week from tonight, that's Saturday at 5 p.m. against the L.A. Kings. L.A. part of a very uh, a shrinking list of teams the Panthers haven't seen yet this season. 954-835-PUCK, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. Now, one of the great Panthers, uh, one of the great partners of the Florida Panthers is FAU. And we are now joined by their vice president and director of athletics, Brian White. Brian, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So uh, you've been in the job nearly a year. How have you found uh, the connection between FAU and its community and, in general, the state of the uh, of the athletic program? You know, it's been really incredible. It's, uh, uh, you know, a, a year in, I'm, I'm more excited now than I was when I first took the job. The community's been great. Um, the university uh, is, uh, is under Dr. Kelly's leadership, our president. Uh, he, he, his vision is, is one of unbridled ambition. And I think that that was what was most most exciting for me coming here, and and you really you really see it. You you see tremendous potential in a football stadium where you can see the ocean. And I know you've probably heard our, our marketing campaigns, but but it is true that we're 1.8 miles from the beach, and I think we have some some strategic competitive advantages. We're the only FPS stadium where you can see the ocean from the stadium. 
Um, and it's a beautiful campus, a beautiful facility, uh, and, and a really tremendous community here in South Florida. And, and Brian, just talking about uh, a little bit there, of course, about the importance of sports at the university, but uh, I know it's part of college sports everywhere, playing to win not only on the field but off the field as well. Absolutely. And, and this department, we've just finished our seventh straight semester of a, a department-wide GPA over 3.0. We graduate our student-athletes at uh, a rate of 8% higher than the general student body. Um, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when you have discipline in the classroom, that that carries over to the playing field and success. So we talk about, yes, we want to win, and we, win at, we want to win at a high level, but we also talk about winning the right way. And for us, academics and, um, and, and, and being great uh, community stewards is, is, is a huge part of it. Our student-athletes did uh, just over 4,500 hours of community service last year alone. So we, uh, it, our goal is not just to prepare our student-athletes for success in athletics, but also to prepare them for success in life and, and, and grow future leaders. And, and Brian, I know there are a lot of things going on around the university, around the athletic department, um, lots of different items to, to talk about here. But looking at uh, just uh, the stat, tell us about the status of the uh, Schmidt Family Complex for the uh, academic and athletic excellence. You know, we're really excited about that. It's going to be a game changer, uh, not just for athletics, but the whole university. It's a, it's a really unique blend. I will say that uh, under Dr. Kelly's leadership here, um, we may be one of the more unique um, universities, FBS schools in the country with, with how well we've integrated academics and athletics. So in this building, it'll be a football operations center. It'll be a, a new weight room. It'll be a, a, high, a, a new uh, athletic academic center. Um, so a high level, um, you know, really a, a facility competitive with we think anywhere in the country for an athletic standpoint. But there's also going to be executive MBA programs in there. Um, there's going to be business school classrooms in there. Um, so there's going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's a really unique facility, a beautiful facility. We think it'll be a signature facility for campus. Uh, and it's making great progress. Uh, it's, it's, coming, it's coming along. Uh, all the external walls are up. Uh, it's crazy. They, they tell me it, it should be ready by uh, November or December uh, of this year, and, and, and it, 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 it looks that way. You know, it's, it seems to me like we've, we've made really good progress. You see the progress each and every day. It's, it's pretty impressive. And uh, and Brian, just wanted to ask you about uh, just what a great example uh, Joan Joyce is. She's incredible. Joan's been uh, her office is actually right next to mine, so uh, I, I get to connect with her almost every day. I have a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old that love uh, sneaking into her office for some candy. Um, she's been uh, as uh, as she's helped me more than I've helped her, uh, and it's not close. She's she's really great. Um, to, to learn from, to work with, just her experiences, her history, her, her mindset. She, she's probably the most competitive person I've ever been around. And, that's, and, and I've, I've been around a lot of competitive people in, in doing what we do. So it's, it's pretty incredible to, to, to connect with her. So uh, you, you mentioned earlier on, we're joined here by Brian White, who is the Director of Athletics and Vice President at FAU. Been there nearly a year now. Uh, you mentioned that Mar- the month of March is going to be time to recognize women in sports. And uh, tell us about some of the success of some of the women's teams at FAU. Volleyball posting their first 21 season since 2005. Women's soccer winning the regular season title in Conference USA. Uh, what have you guys done to, for the growth of women's sports at FAU? You know, there's been tremendous success, and it's, and it's really, uh, really exciting for us. And, you know, we think we can com- be very competitive here and even some sports we haven't been as successful in. Um, but, you know, we're, we're constantly working with our coaches. It's, it's really the credit goes to our student-athletes and our coaches 
Um, but but our goal uh, is 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 to try to see what we can do to to help them generate more scholarship dollars. Um, we've had some some generous supporters step up and 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 donate some more scholarship do- dollars for women's sports and um, just try to figure out every which way we can capitalize on our competitive advantage. Yes, we have a great recruiting base here, um, and and we we have great climate and we have a great place to recruit student athletes to. But on top of that. You know what? What can we do facility-wise, operationally-wise, with, with how we travel, with how we uh, allocate scholarships? So um, that is that is a huge focus for us. But the success, you know, historically, softball has been tremendously successful. Um, volleyball recently has has become very successful, and I see that program with a strong trajectory. Women's soccer uh, has had great sex, great success uh, under our our current coach and. And he is, is building a, a, a really uh, incredible program. So we're, we're really excited about those programs. But, but I also think women's golf and women's tennis are um, poised for uh, tremendous success in the near future. And that is FAU Director of Athletics and Vice President Brian White with an update on everything going on at FAU, proud partner of the Florida Panthers. Brian, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right, that is Brian White joining us here on the Florida Panthers Insider Show. Just about a couple minutes before we wrap things up. want to take a look at tomorrow night's matchup for the Florida Panthers, taking on the Montreal Canadiens, who have lost two in a row coming in, losing to Nashville and Toronto. But before that, had been on a pretty solid run of form, winning 8 out of 10. It's a Montreal team that's getting hot at the right time. It's a Montreal team that's been uh, that's exceeded some expectations this year, and they uh, have come in. Obviously, they have a, a great goaltender there, and in, uh, in Carey Price, but they've uh, done a pretty good job. Claude Julian's done a pretty good job with that group this season. They've uh, managed to be in the uh, in the playoff mix for a good chunk of the year and uh, going into tonight's action, 31-19-7. and seven. Now that is one thing to point to. The uh, Montreal Canadiens, they do play tonight in Tampa. That's a 7 o'clock game. So the Panthers haven't played since Thursday. They'll have a couple days off in between. Montreal, meanwhile, they play tonight. So the Panthers are going to have uh, significantly more rest than Montreal coming into that game. Montreal plays in Tampa tonight. They're going to have to make the quick trip over and uh, and get ready for the game tomorrow while the Panthers are uh, are essentially waiting for this game against the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow. So a big matchup. It'll be the third of four total matchups between the two Atlantic Division foes this season. Big game coming up, and they're all big, and the Panthers looking at uh, not not only the Montreal Canadiens this week, but Buffalo coming in on Tuesday, Carolina coming in on Thursday, yep. and L.A. coming in a week from tonight. These are all teams that have a ton on the line, so you can expect some pretty uh, pretty hotly contested matchups between the Panthers and the opposition this week, and it all starts with the game tomorrow. The Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens, 7 o'clock face-off at the BB&T Center. As always, 954-835-PUCK, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com for your tickets. Yeah, you look at the wildcard standings right now. Montreal holding the top wildcard spot, Pittsburgh in second, and then Carolina and Buffalo are the two teams just below the playoff line at the moment. So these are all teams with massive amounts to play for. You can check it all out at the BB&T Center this week. That'll just about do it for this edition of the Florida Panthers Insider Show. Again, check out all the games this week at the BB&T Center, FloridaPanthers.com for your tickets. Thanks to uh, Jamie McGinn for sitting down with the uh, Territory Talk podcast. Thanks to Josh Brown for sitting down with Doug. You heard that on today's show. And to Brian White, Director of Athletics and Vice President at FAU. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Florida Panthers Insider Show. Again, check out all the games across the Florida Panthers radio network this week. Tomorrow night against Montreal, Tuesday night against Buffalo, Thursday night against Carolina, and Saturday mid-afternoon, we'll call it, against the Los Angeles Kings here across the Florida Panthers radio network. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.